Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I know I don't have the mic, brother. I'll just stay right here. We need to get new. I think we got a pretty bad batch of batteries, so we're hoping that's the answer to our uh, <clears throat> fuzzy question on the microphone. So Matthew in chapter 5. We're, we're leaving that first part of the... Um, the teaching of Jesus Christ where he teaches kind of the inward portion. Now we're getting to where uh, it's much more the proactive portion on the planet. I better move that or I'm going to knock it over. So there was some teaching for us personally, kind of inward working out, and now we're uh, very much talking about our proactive um, purpose uh, in the world. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13. The next two verses, or next, well, three or four verses are salt and light. We're going to cover salt today and light on the Sunday when I return. So salt. And there are different reasons. I don't cover them. They're not the same thing. Uh, one preacher said salt is, a, is coming from the negative uh, because it does things like prevent corruption. Although I do believe it's in the positive also because it talks about savor and that's taste, okay? And light is positive because it drives the darkness out of the world. But so chapter 5, Matthew verse 13, talking to believers, talking to that gathered church there on the sermon on the top of the mount there. Ye are, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, and that's like taste or smell, taste, smell, wherewith shall it, the earth, be salted? It, the salt, is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. One more time. Ye, believers, are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost his savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Father, we thank you very much for the day. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to the lesson of Christian saltiness. And Lord, that you would help us to take it to heart. Lord, not just to hear what it says but to consider the truth and the impact of it upon my life. What does that mean for me today? Well, thank you for this, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. <clears throat> now, I like salt. Some people like salt more than me. Some people like salt not at all. I have salt... I keep salt in my office all the time, keep at least one shaker up there all the time, because sometimes I eat lunch, and uh, I want salt, you know, if, especially if Dana makes some marvelous, wonderful, and I get leftovers from Sunday on Monday, Tuesday, or something like that, or one of our, one of our good evenings, throw some salt on there, a little bit of salt, goes a long way, doesn't it? I've told you before, when I, when I worked at Heartland, when I first worked at Heartland, Brother Dave Hardy was our uh, executive vice president, and beside the church, beside the, the college's staff coffee maker was salt. And when you made the coffee, you put in the grounds, 
and then you salted the grounds. Put a little bit of salt in the grounds. And the reason they did that, because he, uh, he served on a submarine, and salt had something that they did. I don't remember. It was a purpose for it. But they always salted their coffee on that submarine. And so guess what? Oh, yeah, you probably know that too, don't you? Yeah, they, they used to have the Hardee's as a pastor. And I got used to salty coffee. It's actually not too bad. And some of you, have, some of you uh, drink it now on the fancy ones at Starbucks. You have to actually you pay a... You pay them to put salt on the coffee, and you can, you can do it yourself, just a little bit on the grounds. But anyways, be salty. Be salty. Now, I really did struggle at first about what, the, what this whole salt thing meant, because I don't know if you know it, but salt has a lot of, a lot of uses, okay? I, I haul out, you know, the salt shaker, and we all think down one pathway, but salt has a lot of uses, okay? And generally speaking, when it's saying be salty, if... If I put this in my coffee, some of you are like, and others are going, I wonder what that would taste like. You know? And you know that I can have a, this thing is barely any left in there, but that's got a lot of meals left in it yet. You all know that, right? It, it doesn't need much. I mean, just a little bit. And I can sprinkle it on the food and just a little bit affects the whole plate. Right? It has impact. Very little bit has an impact on the whole. Does everybody connect the dots? And, and there is a definite thought on this passage about having an impact. But I mean, just, just the thought of it, a very little bit affects the whole. How many believers are there really at any given time in the world? Very few. But they are expected to affect the whole. And God says we have the ability to do that in this passage. It's not always, you know, when you salt your food, you know, you put it on there uh, and you, you might notice it for a minute, a second or two. But after a bit, it's not like you can see the grains. You know what I'm talking about? It's not like you pick up going, oh, there are 14 grains of salt on this fork. <laughs> no, it's like, I know there's salt in there. Well, how? I can taste it. It's not highly seen. It's not... It's not something, matter of fact, if it is highly seen, you're probably not going to eat it. You know, like, whoa. You know, if the cap comes off on your plate, poof, oh, the whole thing's ruined. You know, who wants to eat that? Uh, has anybody ever had that? Like, you accidentally too much salt, and you try to eat it, and hey, you some water? Can I have another glass of water, please? You know? After that, you don't want salt for a while, because the impact is present in your mouth, and it's going to be there for a while impact influence it influences it's not always highly seen it's not incredible incredibly like powerful but it has an impact usually salt is usually subtle and effective usually now it says salt of the earth okay now when i read salt of the earth my first thought and so i don't know how many people would even know this because when we think salt and we think earth we think of uh, salt killing everything that it touches but actually salt is used as a fertilizer i don't know how many people know that but salt is used as a fertilizer they dilute it with water um and i'm sure there's some other things that they add in but the salt water and salt is used as a fertilizer in limited quantities and so my my first thought was Huh, I wonder if it's talking about, is it talking about fertilizer or salt applied to the earth, you know? And uh, could, it, could, it mean, could it mean, you know, trying to help growth and things like that? 
But here's what the word salt for sure means, because we're not sure, because it uses the word savor. Right? If the salt have lost his, lost his savor, so then we know we're not talking about salt in, in a form of a fertilizer, or as in these days would have been used, as a matter of fact, in, uh, in, in our country, salt was used as a preservative. So before refrigerators, you used salt. You brine that meat up, you know, and let it hang. And I mean, you'd use salt. Salt would help the meat keep for a long time. So I thought, well, a preservative. And while those thoughts are indicated in there, I mean, we can't, we can't deny that that idea is talking about here in this passage. One thing we know for sure about is it's talking about like salt as it would be applied to food because it mentions it as a savor. I think I was talking to uh, Je- Jer- Jeremiah, Jeremy, and we're talking about salt. And, uh, yeah, dear boy. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was pointing at her, but I meant yours. Yeah, sorry. I just realized, I'm not talking about Michael, no. And we were talking about salt, and he's asking me, why is that up there? Ye are the, ye, and he's reading it, ye are the salt of the earth. And I said, so I'm trying to explain it to him a little bit. And I said, well, do you like salt as an effect? He's, well, not really. It's kind of sour. And all of a sudden his eyes lit up and says, but I do like it on pickle. No, not pickles. Cucumbers. I like it on cucumbers. As I do too, buddy. Salt on cucumbers is amazing. You just get your cucumbers and spread a little salt maybe on the plate, run it through there, pop it in your mouth, or like a boiled egg. Man, it tastes really good. It, 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 it takes cucumbers from being, I got to eat it, to, hey, that's not too bad. My mom used to feed me lots of cucumbers because with a little bit of salt, I'd eat, all, I'd eat a whole cucumber just one sitting. I loved it. It's good stuff. So, you know, it's talking about a savor. It's talking about something that can be tasted, something that can be, something that gets in and has an effect on the whole of the food. Now, I want you to consider, consider this passage a sec, because it's saying, ye are the salt of the earth. So let, let me just pause a sec, and let us acknowledge that what, what Christ is saying is that you do not exist on this planet for yourself. Your purpose on the planet is specifically to affect the world. It's for the world's sake, not yours. It's not saying that the earth is salt for you. No, you are salt for the earth. And the word earth here is one of those general terms that can be applied. It's not just the word dirt like we talked about in the other one. It's one of those words that can be applied to every person on the earth. Okay? We are we are to affect the world. Ye are the salt of the earth. That's what you are. You understand that? Christ says, if you're a believer and you live in a town, you are affecting the town unless you've lost your savor. If you're a believer, that's what you do. I mean, he's not saying you should be. He's saying it's what you are. You, You get that? You are the salt of the earth. You are, you are, you do not exist. And can we just, I want to say this quite clearly. You do not live in Jerome or Kimberly or Twin for your sake. You live there for the city's sake. You understand that? You are the salt of the earth. So the people in this room, guess what? We're the salt of Jerome. We're the salt of Kimberly. We're the salt of Twin. Our purpose for existence has nothing to do with us and has everything to do with our effect on the community that we live in. 
We are the salt of the earth. Salt, and listen, you say, well, there's just so few of us. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't take much. Salt is an ingredient that when in comparison to the whole plate of food, if we were to divide the ingredients into amount of weight, we'd be talking like milligrams in comparison to, I don't know, are you having a steak? Might be more than a pound of food you got on your plate. Milligrams. It doesn't take many to affect an awful lot. Salt. You understand what it's talking about. What Jesus is saying is I'm much more concerned with quality than I am quantity. Quantity is not nearly so important as the quality of the salt. Has anybody ever had bad salt? I think only one time ever did we get some salt one time where it was like, I'm trying to remember what it was, but I don't know if it got wet or once or what. But I remember we, we filled up a thing and I remember like putting it on like, did I even salt it? Yeah, it's there. So I salted it again. I'm like, okay, now I know I salted at that time. <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, there's no taste. That's, you know, when salt doesn't work, it's irritating. You're like, why am I even doing this? Like, Come on. I'm getting killed with pepper and there's no salt. It's, listen, what Jesus says is, listen, your life, your life is to affect the people that you are around. And that's not about numbers. It's about the quality. Oh, great. Well, I'm not that great of a believer. It's not talking about the quality of you as a believer. It's talking about the quality of your impact. Who, who is the one who works through us to have an impact? Yeah, that's, that's Christ through the whole power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are the salt of the earth. Now, I want you to listen to this. We are to affect Just like salt affects food, we are to affect the place where we exist, the place where we live. And listen, so let's just be simple. What does salt do? What does salt do? It flavors, right? Flavors it. Not everybody likes it. So what, what does that mean? We are to flavor those around us with Christ. Now notice that nobody likes it when salt is the dominant feature now, you, you know that there's people, you know, especially when people are first saved and they're full of zeal and there's some people that just don't have much sense, you know, and, and so, and while it's a good thing, it's a good thing for us often to use every opportunity to talk about Christ, but we're supposed to flavor it, not dominate it. Come on now. Is everybody here? That, that means every, every interaction that you have with other people, it needs to be flavored with Christ. Well, every time I see that guy, he's just trying to ram Christ down my throat. You know, I mean, he can't even talk about sports. Well, immediately he turns it to Christ. Now, listen, there's a difference between someone complaining because you managed to get Christ into the conversation and completely ignoring what they're saying and talking about Christ no matter what. That's just rude. I'm sorry, it's just rude. If you, if you get an award at, a, at your job and you're, you're given an opportunity to speak, okay, it'd be nice to bring up Christ. It needs to be flavored with Christ. But your job and the people around you and the people that benefited you to be there should also be recognized. That's appropriate, appropriate, amen, to the conversation. Are you hear what I'm saying? You don't forget people 
Is everybody here? Too much salt turns people off. But a flavoring, a flavoring is something that keeps people coming back for more. I don't know what my wife just made, but man, she made this chicken thing that had the dressing on top of it. And man, I was all about that. I mean, and, and salt was like, it just made everything like perfect. Like this, I was like, leftovers, it was leftover meal. What do you want? I pointed right at it. I'll take the rest of that. Normally I'm like, well, what do you want? Not this time. No, I want the rest of that. I'll take that right there. Hand me the salt, a little bit of salt. Oh, I could have had four more bowls of that. It's good stuff. I'd t- and you know, I, but the salt made everything taste better. If it was all salt, it would have ruined a really good meal. Flavor it. Your life needs to be flavored with Christ. Every conversation, every interaction, every opportunity that you can. Listen, it doesn't mean that you, that you awkwardly stick him in in places that it just really doesn't work. But you, you look for opportunities to flavor the conversation with Christ. Amen. Amen. We should. And sometimes what that means is, instead of trying to talk about it, I just am it. Salt, again, is subtle but present. Is everybody here? Amen. Salt flavors. It also preserves. Salt has a preservative quality. Hopefully, hopefully our influence in Jerome and Kimberly and Twin and maybe Filer and Shoshone and some of these others, maybe, maybe an Eden, okay, maybe our salt can help preserve someone from corruption. Amen. Salt also heals, doesn't it? Does anybody here uh, suffer with of canker sores? Not cold sores, but canker sores. I have canker sores. Uh, one of the things I hated was going to fast food restaurants. But at the same time, I always got fries. And the first thing I would do is I'd get as much salt as I could and just stick it right on that bugger. Because it, it pretty much, I could enjoy the meal after that. <laughs> Otherwise, every time something touched it, I'd be going, ooh, ooh. No, no, I'm going to get the salt. I'm going to stick it right on there. Because number one, it's going to help. And number two, I can enjoy the food. Salt heals. You realize that one of the, one of the places where we need to be salty is when people are hurting. Do you understand that? Do you know, do you know why most people choose suddenly to come to church on a, on a visit that they haven't been for years? It's because they've been hurt. Almost without, without question. Someone in their family has passed away. They've experienced a divorce. There's been a major fight in the house. One of their kids has turned away. I mean, any major life event, people come to church. Why? Because something just got laid bare and they're looking for some healing. And you have neighbors sometimes that won't come to church, but they'll come to you if they recognize saltiness. Amen. We... People need Christ. Salt heals. And let me tell you, like my canker sores, salt doesn't always feel the best while it's healing. You know what that means is sometimes to bring someone to healing, there needs to be a little sting. Are you fine? Everybody here? We are to be. You are. So, so when, when you become a believer, you are, a, you are, you are a, a pocket of the Holy Spirit, a physical pocket of the Holy Spirit who is everywhere, but you're a physical pocket of the Holy Spirit wherever you go. That influence is supposed to be readily available, readily seen, 
and constantly savoring and flavoring every conversation, every life, every relationship that you have. And there are some people who just refuse to let you talk about it. That doesn't mean that your life cannot be it. You know, there are some family members who you try to bring it up and they're done with it. You're out the door and forget you. So then what do you have to do? You have to, you have to make sure it flavors your life, your actions, the person that you are. Amen. And it better. <laughs> listen, if you're a believer, if you're, listen, if you're a believer, then you, you, know what, you know what's different? If there's an absence of salt, do you notice it? Yes. You go, can somebody pass the salt? My bad habit is to salt it before I try it. I've learned now, try it first and then salt. You know, because sometimes it don't need salt because it's already got enough in it. But you know, an absence of salt is also noticed. Or maybe it's one of those things that something's missing but they can't put their finger on it. Have you ever had one of these things? You go to church? Absence of salt. A surprise? You're, you're a Christian? Oh yeah, I'm a Christian too. We're all Christians. No, that's not what I mean. I'm actually a real, I actually do believe that Christ lived and died and that, you know, that he rose again. And I do believe that the Lord made the world in six days. And Really? When the world gets smacked, what does it do? It smacks back. Oh no, we're not allowed to do that anymore. You're not, you don't live in the real world if you don't think people are verbally abusing each other. Just as, I, There's often, I think, a good fist fight would actually solve a lot of problems. I hate to say it, but it would be a lot better than a lot of things people say to each other. <laughs> just get it done with, go out in the backyard and fist fight and then shake hands and walk away and be done with it. But I don't know, how in the world did I get there? This is what I want to say. You know what we as, as Christians do? If we respond to the world the same way that the rest of the world responds, are we being salty? If the rest of the world snaps back in sharp words and anger, and we respond back in sharp words and anger, are we being salty? No, you're, you taste just like the rest of the food. If, if it comes around to the, the, the water cooler and you're complaining about the bosses the same way everybody else is complaining about the bosses, are you being salty? No, you taste just like the rest of the food. Amen. If, if it comes up to politics and you're whining about the politicians just like everybody else is whining about the politicians and there's no difference in the taste, are you being salty? Come on now. Listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't have opinions and vote. But when all you do is sound like everybody else, there's no salt. We are to be known. Our influence and our presence or lack thereof should be recognizable. Amen. Our interactions, I'm deadly serious about this because it's funny how many people are Christians in this room, but when they talk to the bank attendant, or the, grocery, or the grocery store checker, no matter their attitude, you're the one who's being salty. Is everybody here? Your interactions with the police officer, with the IRS? Well, everyone else is doing it. Oh, oh so you taste just like the rest of the food around here. You're not salty. 
Amen? Listen, I'm just going to give you a few areas. Politically, yes, you need to be salty. How do we do that? Is abortion murder? Absolutely. There's a place and time for believers to be salty about that. Um, No, I'm not going to do it. And you know what? Don't assume that some guy looks and talks like it, that he isn't. Ask questions. Well, he's a Republican. Certainly he is. No, no. You know, one of the things I found out cracked me up here when I moved here, because Missouri has, you know, old Democrat, old yellow dog Democrats in Missouri. Is everybody? Okay. So, and there was a good mix of Republicans and Democrats. I come up here and I asked, I looked at the first ballot and I was signing up and talking to the, the, the election ladies. I said, well, where's the Democrats? And they laughed. They did, they laughed, and the lady snapped around and says, when's the last time we even had a Democrat run? And my first thought was, That's, wow, a lot of conservative running. So, and then I started reading, then I started reading the, the platforms behind people going, this person isn't a Republican. If they ran, if they ran in, in Missouri, that'd be a Democrat. Say, I'm, I'm not trying to get into politics, but pay attention to what people, where they stand. Ask questions. Don't assume, well, Idaho's Republican, we've always been Republican, we'll always be Republican. So, are you anti-abortion? Hello? What about biblical things? Come on now, this isn't time to start counting, you know, cutting your fingernails and listen. Do, do they believe in freedom of religion, like real freedom of religion? Real freedom of speech? Amen. But listen, there are times, politically, don't sit back like the rest of the world and say, it don't matter what we do, they're going to do what they want anyways. No, be salty. I, I'm, I'm frankly, I, I'd be, if somebody in this church wanted to start running for office, if you're going to stand on biblical principles, I'll be right behind you. I think Christians ought to be involved in politics. That's a good place for us to be salty. And instead, we've been running away from it. Christians all over the U.S. right now are discovering that and started getting involved. I don't know if you know that or not. Kind of interesting. Freedom of religion. Freedom of speech. Now, is murder bad? Yeah. What does the Bible say about the death penalty? Genesis 9, 6. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. That's the death penalty. By the way, does the Bible teach that parents are responsible for their children or governments are responsible for their children? I hear what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not, you can say you're getting political. No, this is Bible. There is no publicly appointed teacher that is responsible for your kids' actions. You are. Your kids can't sit still at school. That's your fault, not theirs. Not that teacher's fault. Teach them. Well, you're getting into politics. No, we're talking about where you can be salty. Boy, your kids are really good. Well, that's because we believe what, what the Lord teaches about Ephesians 6.1, that children obey your parents in the Lord, and we also teach them to obey authority. So yes, you shouldn't have a trouble with them because that's what we teach them. Instead of, question authority, question authority, question authority. Well, you can question authority without being an idiot, without always rebelling against everything. Amen. Listen, I just heard the testimony of a teacher who had to teach a kid how to lose games. And that's all they did all all the whole semester. Instead of spending time in math and English, reading and writing, the teacher had to focus with this kid on just, I'm going to play games and you're going to learn how to lose. Every time the kid lost, throwing desks over, books across, hurting other kids, like, seriously? You didn't learn that at the house? Hello? Hello? No, we'll just toss a phone at them or a screen and they can just... 
Amen. That's, that's your issue, not theirs. Anyways, yeah. How about, how about commercially? That's, that's politically. That's generally it's kind of maybe some political things. What about commercially? Are you an employer? It, salt, Christianity ought to be flavoring your job as an employer. Amen. Amen. It, not just the words you say, but the actions that you take. Are you an employee? It ought to be flavored. You as an employee ought to be flavored. They ought to notice that Christ-like presence is around, and it's because of you. Amen. You're a house owner. You work with plumbers. You work with people. You know, you can disagree with people and, and not be like Mr. Authoritarian about it. But Scott, it's my way or the highway. Get out of here. I'll never use you again. I'm going to tell the whole world never to use you, you lousy, rotten, filthy. Oh, yeah, you're just a great example of Christianity there, aren't you? Oh, come on. Everyone does it. Yeah, it tastes just like the rest of the world. That's great. No, we're supposed to be salty. And by the way, the term, oh, come on, everyone does it, should never come out of a Christian's mouth. I'm sorry. That's never an excuse for an action to, to go on because it's fine, everyone else does it, there's nothing wrong with it. No, we're supposed to be positively affecting the world towards Christ, not approving of their own stance of slouching towards Gomorrah, heading to hell on the Broadway. Come on now! Why are you all, a whole bunch of people starting to get fussy about this? This is interesting. Listen, we're not to let them affect us, we are to affect them. Well, everyone does it. Okay, great. So you're okay with losing your savor. That's... We're not to be guided by the principles of the world. Come on now. We're to be guided by the principles of Scripture. We're not to be conformed by the attitude and actions and reactions of the world. We're to be transformed by the words of Christ, by the teachings of Christ, by the Holy Spirit within us. Listen, listen, here's an interesting thing about the salt that this, this group knew. This salt that they knew. Okay, this is, this is salt literally that they could go dig right out of the sides of the cliffs. It's like right there. Or they could take water out of the Dead Sea and pour it in a pit and just let the water evaporate and the salt was left over. I mean, it was there. But here's the deal. All the salt that they had interaction with the longer they left it exposed to, sorry, the <clears throat> longer they left it exposed to things like the rain and the soil and the dirt got mixed in with it, guess what, it hap- guess what happened to it? It lost its savor. There's, there's one guy, literally one, one commentator who, who en- ended up in Israel around, around those times and saw a cliff and saw some, saw some uh, salt, salt cliffs and walked over and chip, broke a little piece off the wall, was exposed and kind of broken off the main portion and tasted it and he said it tasted like nothing, there was nothing there. So he pulled that back and he found a piece back in there that was still connected to the rock, pulled that off and he said, now that's salty. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? The part that was out there and exposed to the world and to the dirt and to the earth and separated from the rock had lost its savor. But that part that was still in there, compacted and collected and connected to the rock, hadn't been soiled by the dirt. Come on! It had some savor. Are you hearing me? This salt that they had 
it affected what it was touching or it was affected by too much interaction with the dirt and soil and water of this world. Amen. Not good as salt. So you know what they did with it? Because you, you can't just like throw it on the ground because salt that's bad, if you just like throw it out on the ground, it will kill everything that's underneath it. And literally what they do, and it says, when it says shall be trodden under foot of men, that's exactly what they did with it. Salt that had lost its savor, they threw it out on roads because it would help fill in little minor cracks and potholes and it provided some traction. That's all it was good for. No, no flavor. It's going to kill the. It's going to kill all the end, the veg, vegetation on the side of the road. So we'll just throw it out on the roads that we're walking because you know maybe it'll help flatten down a little bit and uh, maybe provide some traction. That that's all it's good for. You hear that? It is no longer savoring the world. That's not good, is it? I think what is it? Paul said, it "says lest I myself become a castaway." He says, no, I, I want to be here. We are the salt of the earth. You understand what that means is this world needs salt. The city of Jerome needs believers who are actively believers. Jerome County, Twin Falls, Kimberly, your neighborhood, your neighbors, the people that you interact with. They don't need another neighbor who just sits in their house and ignores every, all the other neighbors except for waving high every once in a while. You hear me? They need salt. They need believers. They need the influence of Christ in their life. And you might be the only place they're going to get it from. Amen. Our society, listen, our society is flavorless. It needs Christ. If we lose our flavor, listen, if Jerome Bible Baptist Church stops being salty, what happens to Jerome? If we lose the flavor of Christ in our life, and that's not just us, that's not just us as a church, that's you as members in the community as part of this church. If we lose our saltiness, what happens? Let me ask you a question. You think, could you pinpoint some areas in your life where you know you've become flavorless or maybe even corrupt? Here I'm just like everybody else. I am not salty. You know, you, you can get back in touch with the rock. Amen. You don't have to remain flavorless. Are you salty for Christ? Now I just want to finish with an illustration. There's an, uh, just, now I'm, I loved chemistry as a kid. I had a really good chemistry teacher. When you really get into chemistry and then see it, it's amazing. You don't even, it's kind of hard to understand how can people can't believe in God. Because chemistry, how the world fits together, just, it's amazing God's design in that realm. But <clears throat> salt, what is salt? Somebody know, now probably not, this, this is probably iodized, but does somebody, somebody know what is sodium chloride? Salt is sodium chloride. Okay, salt is made out of sodium. Okay, what is sodium? Sodium is something that it's like bubbly and full of life and it, it does a lot of, it always affects a lot of stuff. And chloride is actually chlorine. Does everybody want to take a good, everybody want to take a good whiff of chlorine? So y'all good with that? It's what makes, it's when you open the, the bleach thing and you go, it's this, that, that gas is what just, that's chlorine. It's what makes the chlorine smell bad. Okay, 
Sodium and chlorine both always have to attach to something. And they attach to all sorts of other things. But when they attach to each other, chlorine becomes chloride. Okay? It's not gaseous anymore. It's, it's found a connection that reduces its poisonous effects. It makes it effective. But it also takes the sodium part and reduces its effervescence. And the two together become a stable uh, entity that can flavor stuff, preserve stuff, heal stuff, and it's very stable. So if you think about sodium and chloride, chlorine, sodium would be like love. Love always just effervesces all over everybody. I just love everybody. And chlorine is kind of noxious. It's like truth presented without love. You're going to hell. That's probably true. Probably not the best way to say it. You hear what I'm saying? You're a filthy sinner. Yeah, probably true. Was it said with love? But when you mix love, you know what love wants to do? Love just wants to, you know, I will just ignore truth and it's okay. You can be what you want to be and you can be what you want to be when it's just love. And and chlorine, like truth, it just wants to get everybody just black and white, black and white. But you, you know what love and truth together make? Think about that. The truth of Christ presented to a world that is flavorless, mixed with the love of Christ expressed from a believer. Then truth begins to recognize people where they are and the hurt that they're feeling and the need that they have. And, and, and it does not deny them the truth because it is both truth and love. Amen. It knows that without a little bit of bite, there'll be no healing. Amen. Listen. Your neighbors, this town, the the town where you live, they do not need saltless Christians, flavorless, tasteless Christians who hide behind their four walls of their house just waiting for Jesus to come. That's no savor. This town... This state needs believers who are impacting their community with Jesus Christ. The laws of Christ, the truth of Christ, and the love of Christ. Mixed together in believers, influencing our neighbors, our family, our politics, the people that we work with, the people that we hire, the people that we're hired by. Amen. They need truth and love together christian go be salty there's not a person in this room there's not one age group in this room that can't figure out how to be salty wherever you are you are to affect the people that you're around amen you are to affect you are the salt of the earth well i don't know how you know i'm pretty sure if you stay in touch with christ Amen. And start guiding your life by the principles of Christ, like actively in involving the principles from this book in your everyday work, you're going to start being salty automatically. It's going to be simple stuff. 
Well, we're doing this and this with our taxes. You should try it sometime because, you know, the IRS says, you can't do that. Why? Well, because that's a lie. Uh, And I, I can't lie. Well, you're an idiot. No, I, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. and You could save so much money. Oh, trust me, I know. <laughs> I ain't an idiot. <laughs> well, you're an idiot. Why, yeah? So is your mom. Well, I blew that one. Yeah, but you can still be salty. How's that? Um, I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong to say that. Would you forgive me? Listen, ask yourself this question. How many people in this world have you, you think have ever had someone turn around to them that's not family or loved one and say, I was wrong. Would you forgive me? After they pick their jaw up off the floor, they're going to look at you and say, you some kind of God person? You hear me? Be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. When they walk in those back doors, you know what they ought to find? A lot of salt. They ought to be going to look around going, what in the world? Be salty. You are here. You are here for that purpose. You are here for that purpose. Ye are the salt of the earth. Father, Lord,